Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapoos. On this episode, I'm joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn. Hi there, Sheena. So uh, we'll first go over our listener-submitted question that we got this week. Those are the best. So uh, I'm going to try my best with pronouncing this. So <laughs> does Sinupret block endoviruses before replication is the question okay so um i actually had to look this up i wasn't sure if sinupret was a new drug that was on the market or what it was so from what i understand sinupret's actually a it's kind of a an accompli- an accompli- compilation of uh herbal remedies so it's it's sorrel herb elderflower uh primula flower verbena i think is how you pronounce that one and gen gentan i think is how you, gentan root she is nodding her head i hope she understands what that is um i don't know anyway um so it's it's actually been used in this combination for like 70 years over in germany they use it all the time um particularly for treating things like cyanitis which is when you have an inflamed sinus um unfortunately you know it, it does seem to have some uh some clinical benefits. They've done some studies on it. Um, and it does seem to have, you know, a f- antibacterial properties that they can, they can identify. Um, and so they alleviate symptoms of, you know, sinus infections. Unfortunately, those studies haven't been able to demonstrate its ability to, you know, affect viral replication or anything like that. So, um, I would have to say no. And additionally on the, on the label, there is a warning that says this product's not intended for diagnosis treatment or cure or preventing of diseases um food and drug administration has not evaluated you know any of the above statements that you know of course it makes on the box about how it'll change your life and make you grow six inches and jump higher and all that great stuff um but uh it is used regularly for sinus infections but not viral infections sorry everyone okay so this week uh the big news was that the pfizer vaccine is now fully approved by the FDA. So what does that mean exactly? And how does that differ from its status before? So before, uh, the Pfizer vaccine had an EUA, which is um, emergency use authorization. Basically, that means the FDA found, in this case, the Pfizer vaccine um, to help with the diagnosis, treatment, or prevention of a serious life-threatening condition in this case it was COVID-19 and they're like yes the vaccine does help we're going to give it um, approval and stuff a temporary approval so to get uh, an EUA it had to go through a phase one trial which is they give the virus they give the virus sorry they give the vaccine to, to healthy people to see if it has any sort of side effects or causes any you know harm or, or whatnot to them um, phase two they they 
is similar to phase one. They give it to healthy people, but they change the dosage levels. And in phase three, they, they make it a larger randomized trial. They try to make the demographics as broad as possible so it can represent, you know, all the majority and minority populations in the country. Um, and if they can bring that back with uh, definitive um, definitive data suggesting that it will prevent and or treat a, a virus um, that is life-threatening, it can get an EUA, which it has done in this case. Um, for full FDA approval, um, it's basically just getting all your paperwork in order, if that makes any sense. Um, they have to do, you know, additional studies with, you know, tens of thousands of, of additional participants. Um, they have to track at least 3,000 participants for at least one month to see if there's any sort of um, adverse reaction to the, to the vaccine in this case. Um, they also have to compile all of their safety data um, with at least a two-month record. Um, and then they also have to be able to demonstrate that there's um, sufficient quality control for manufacturing, distribution, um, and also that they're making improvements to safety and stuff. So um, it doesn't really change how it's used. It just changes the, the status by saying we have more proof and we're showing that it's safe for everyone to use long term. So uh, why was Pfizer fully approved, but not Moderna or Johnson & Johnson? You know, it's it's not that Moderna and Johnson & Johnson won't be approved. Um, it's just that they're not as far along in some of their trials, and I would assume filing some of their paperwork in this case, um, because it's been shown that the Moderna vaccine has, you know, great, great results, fewer complications than Pfizer. Um, it's much more effective than Johnson & Johnson. Uh, it's so it's not that they won't be approved. They just haven't made it there yet. Gotcha. Okay, so I came across a lot of people talking about ivermectin. Um, so can you talk about, uh, you know, people are taking it to treat COVID-19. So can, can you talk about its efficacy and safety? Yes. So ivermectin, hot button topic, kind of like hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine was for a while. Um, and so here's here's the thing. Ivermectin is is a it's a fantastic medication. It's been out um, in in wide distribution um, in I believe it was 87, 1987. They distributed over you know 3.7 billion doses uh, globally. And the reason for it is it had it had two great effects. Um, it was an antiparasitic, um, and it was cheap to make. But in addition to that, it was incredibly safe. Um, the World Health Organization actually listed it as a model drug for for its safety record. Um, and it's been widely distributed through parts of Africa. It's helped with all kinds of parasitic diseases, really helps reduce inflammation in the eyes and the ocular cavities, um, and prevented some pretty heinous diseases that were causing blindness over there in um, you know, the adult population over the age of 40. That said, um, you know, they started doing experiments back in 2012 when it, with it to see if it had antiviral properties as well. Um, those were looking really good. And they found that um, it blocks a cytokine storm in a person. So that's the main problem that COVID-19 currently causes. So why is this a problem? Because there were some people that were going to veterinary clinics and whatnot, and using the doses that were meant for horses rather than people. Don't do that. I'm not a doctor, but I can say 
don't take horse tranquilizers, horse antibiotics. The dose is not right for you. <laughs> um, but they're, they're, they have been doing studies about, they've done roughly 50 to 60 studies at this point um, throughout Israel, India, other parts of the world. And they've had really good success with uh, you know treating COVID-19 with ivermectin, but it hasn't been approved by the FDA, so we can't use it here in the United States for that reason. So that might be what the hubbub's about. It works. Um, we're just, we haven't filed the paperwork for it properly to do it here in the U.S. And just to re- reiterate, it may work, but it's not safe to go and buy from the vet the veterinary or Correct. tractor supply Correct. or whatever do, yes and do not go to tractor supply that. and get it <laughs> okay so where are we right now locally with our case numbers and in comparison to when we were at our highest all right so dr schlegel our, our fantastic uh medical expert and stuff who's our lead on this has been looking at the numbers right now we have about 19 positive cases um, and we those cropped up over the last week um, since the 24th, I guess three days ago, we had two new cases. Um, but it's it's not as high as it has been in the past right now. Um, we are at, well, the best way to describe it is we're kind of where we were last fall, um, about this time actually too. And that that doesn't sound great because you know we had a giant spike in the winter however um due to you know the vaccination process that's been that's been going on um theta care has been running uh, a lot of you know models on on the projections of how they think it's going to trend locally and they're thinking we'll, we'll probably peak um in september hopefully so that could be good news um and they're thinking early september so hopefully this is going to be the worst of it this time around and the vaccinations that we've been doing are going to be extremely effective. Um, while talking about vaccinations, want to give a shout out and thank everyone. Um, we've given out, you know, another 575 doses uh, in the first few weeks of August, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, just about every single demographic we have on the reservation has at least, you know, 60 per, 63% um, vaccination. Uh, that's that's our lowest. Um, if you're looking at our, our elderly population, and when I say elderly, I mean from ages 35 to you know 65, that is basically in the the high 80s to 90 percentile for vaccinations. So our elderly are doing really good. Our youth that are you know 12 to 17 are also doing very good. 12 to 15, they're about 80 percent of our population has been vaccinated that way. So that should really help with things like our our back to school, which I find pretty encouraging. Um, We have had, you know, some of our elders that got sick. Um, Our oldest active case right now is a 77 year old. Our youngest one is a two month old. So it can, it can still affect people. We've had breakthrough cases on the reservation. Um, There have been 16 to date. However, um, the people that have gotten it haven't spread it to like their families in most cases. So it is a good sign that the the vaccination is working and stuff to prevent widespread of, of the disease. Okay, so back uh, in the fall or winter of last year, we talked about the kind of the younger age group having the highest infection rate. Is that right. still true now? 
Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty stable. Um, kind of a toss up between those who are right around the ages of eighteen to thirty four. Statewide, have the the highest infection rate right now. Um, makes sense. That's kind of the the lowest demographic that has has for vaccination rates. Um, that's correlation, not causation. Just gonna throw that out there, everyone. You can't point a direct finger at that very thing. Um, but that that's a highly mobile group. They interact with a lot of people on a regular basis through work, school, and things like that. So it's understandable that you know the disease would be passed quickly through that age group. So. Okay, so do you have anything else you want to share before we end the episode? I'd just like to thank everyone for helping out, um, getting vaccinated, and and making choices that are are helping to keep everyone in the community healthier. I really appreciate that, so thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Vaughn. You bet. Waiwanan for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab and keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. I do weekly updates with Vaughn. Welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19, so please send those to us at podcast at mitw.org.